livepodcasts.fm. Good to know. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Only on livepodcasts.fm will you find topics on issues you overlook as a consumer. Good to know. I'm Wendy Nola, and thanks for downloading this podcast. The Good to Know podcast draws on my many years of experience as a consumer journalist to share tips that keep you from being ripped off. You can subscribe to receive every podcast in the series. Just visit livepodcast.fm or go to the podcast app of your choice. Please also rate and review the podcast. That way it gets shared far and wide and even more people can benefit from it. There was a time when I'd get very defensive at the suggestion that I should be on Twitter. Today I find myself responding to multiple consumer queries daily in less than 140 characters, an oddly exhilarating challenge. Okay, I do cringe when substituting R with the letter R to make my response fit, and many times I give up on that and ask the tweeter to email me instead because Procy does have its limits. But the answer to the most frequently asked Consumer Protection Act question on social media or email is indeed very Twitter-friendly. In other words, it doesn't take a lot to provide the answer. So a typical such exchange goes like this. Question, does the CPA require the retailer to refund unopened goods bought in error with a slip two days after purchase? Answer, no. Retailers aren't legally compelled to take back non-defective goods at all. Their choice, their rules. Now, you'd think that if a concept was capable of being reduced to a tweet, it would be easily and widely understood by consumers. But for some reason, nearly eight years into the CPA era, this remains the most widely misunderstood aspect of the Act. Every day, without fail, at least a handful of consumers send me questions relating to the return of non-defective purchases. They think they're entitled to a refund when, in fact, the CPA doesn't cover the return of non-defective goods at all. It only refers to the return of defective goods. And this isn't some gap in um, the CPA. is isn't something that we South Africans aren't entitled to, whereas our counterparts in other parts of the world are. There's no country, EU, America, Australia, anywhere, that forces a retailer to take back something that a consumer has bought if there's nothing wrong with it. The confusion arises because so many retailers, the the large ones mainly with uh, reputations that they want to uphold, have voluntarily introduced uh, policies r- around the return of non-defective goods or so-called change of heart purchases, that this has given consumers the impression that it's their right. As I say, eight years on, it remains the biggest area of misunderstanding of the Act. Here's another tweet. After buying a pair of shoes for my sister from a retailer, we found that the shoes didn't fit her. On the slip, it states they only do exchanges. Can they refuse to refund my money? And what other recourse is there if I don't want to exchange them for another pair? The same day I got this. Two days ago, my partner bought a flip cover for my cell phone from a shop in Pinelands. I don't want it and tried returning it unopened today, but the shop assistant says that their policy is no cash refunds. They will only allow me to exchange it. Is this policy legitimate? Okay, that's an excerpt from a from an email, not a, not a tweet. So, as I said, actually, given that the store is not legally compelled to take back non-defective goods at all, allowing a customer to return a change of heart or an unwanted purchase in exchange for a replacement or a credit note is considered very fair. It's a favor and not a right. But as I say, 
and eight years of going on and on and on about this on every platform I have available to me, in print, on television, on radio, the questions still come every day. And from you know consumers across the spectrum, it's not just one sector of, of society that's getting this wrong. Many consumers simply assume that they can take back any purchase, provided it's unopened and they have proof of purchase, and then get a refund. And here's the thing. When they go to buy something, especially when it's a gift, at the time of purchase, they'll say, can I return this? Or can the recipient can re- return this? To which the shop assistant will invariably answer yes. So the consumer walks away thinking that that means they can return the item for a refund or whoever they're gifting the item to can return it for a refund. Although that's not what the assistant said. The assistant said they can return it. They later discover that an exchange or credit is not the same thing as a refund. The only time you can get a refund, as I keep saying, but clearly I need to keep saying, is if the item proves to be defective within uh, six months of purchase. And if that happens, then the consumer has all the rights. That's the golden period, that first six months. Um, The consumer gets to choose between a refund, assuming that they didn't cause them the problem and more of that later. They get to choose between a refund, a replacement or a repair. So as I said, it's really, really important when it comes to returns to differentiate between defective purchases and non-defective ones. And so few retailers do this. You'll still see signs on walls in shops that say no cash refunds, which is only half right because that can apply if someone brings back a change of heart purchase or the jeans don't look so fab on them when they get home. They can say no cash refunds. They can say no returns. They can say whatever they want because they don't have any responsibility for a non-defective purchase. But Obviously, a sign that says no cash refund is illegal when it comes to something that develops a defect within the first six months. I've helped quite a few national retailers word their refund policies to make it very clear that this is what applies when a product is a change of heart return, and this is what applies if it becomes defective within six months. That makes things very easy for them, their people on the ground serving the customers and the customers themselves, um, and reduces the chance of conflict around a return. But for some reason... Very, very few elect to explain it that clearly in their returns policies. As I said, consumers think that because some stores will take back goods that aren't defective, it's their right. Some stores are really consumer-friendly about non-defective returns. Some will even refund, but very few. Most will offer you an exchange or a credit voucher for you to use when you want to. Some stores are incredibly inflexible in their policies, and I get a steady stream of complaints from the uh, Spanish, uh, Spain-based retailer, Zara. Their policy is that you can return non-defective goods within 30 days with proof of purchase, but there's no discretion. The managers have no discretion whatsoever. So if you take the goods back without a till slip or you take them back on day 31, they're not interested. And they're perfectly within their rights to do that. But as I say, because other major retailers in this country are a little bit more flexible, it causes a lot of strife. And Zara gets quite a bit of hate around this. But technically, as I keep saying, they don't have to take back non-defective goods at all. Offering an exchange or credit voucher within 30 days is incredibly fair. It's a, it's a, it's a favor, essentially. But still, they get a lot of 
bad comments on social media because of their inflexibility. Many stores don't understand, or the people who deal with consumers within those companies don't understand the concept of not fit for purpose or defective. And so I'll get complaints of people saying they try to return something, a pair of shoes say, and they get the response of, sorry, we, you can't return that because it's it's been worn or used, which is clearly ridiculous and would defeat the whole object of the CPA's six-month warranty. And that's a classic example of the store assistant not understanding the difference between a defective one and a non-defective return. Obviously, if you're trying to return a change of heart purchase, that product must be in a resellable condition. Hence, it must have the tags on and the original packaging and the receipt and all the rest. Very different story if it's a defective return. Unfortunately, As I say, the people on the ground often confuse the two because they haven't been trained properly. I had an interesting case just this week. This woman who bought, I haven't got a a response yet from the company, so I'm not going to name the company. It was an online retailer. And she bought one of those beer sort of chicken stand things where you stand the chicken upright on the... Yes, but it's not fit for purpose. You should have advertised on the site that it's only suitable for use with chickens in this weight range. But without that, and she bought this chicken from a mainstream supermarket, I can't use it. This is the size of chicken that I prefer to buy for my family. As such, I want a refund. I was just about to wade into that one, I think because she just kept on and on insisting that it was her right. She was indeed refunded. And I'm what to do if you return something claiming it to be defective within six months of purchase. So they can insist on a slip. They can send the item off for a technical assessment. And they almost always will do this if it's an electronic or electric appliance. What they can't do is insist on original packaging. Only after month or from month seven, when that CPA warranty expires, can they insist on the original packaging. So it is worth keeping it because of that. They may send it off for technical assessment, as I said, but they may not repair the item unilaterally during that assessment period if you have stipulated, which you very much must do, if you stipulate that you want an exchange or a refund Instead, that's not happening quite as much as it used to, but in the beginning, I was getting a lot of that. Goods being sent off for assessment and then unilaterally being repaired during that time and the consumer getting a call to say, your item's been repaired, you you may come and collect it. The other thing about returns policies is that no company's internal policies can supersede that of the Consumer Protection Act or any other act that gives we consumers protection. So I had an interesting case where a woman bought a pair of shoes online. Actually, before they were even dispatched, she said she had a change of heart and said, please don't dispatch them. But they were dispatched anyway. And when she got them, she said, I don't want them anymore. I want a refund. The company said, you have bought these on a promotion and therefore in terms of our terms and conditions you are not entitled to a refund. Well, this woman had a couple of potential either or laws on this one. When something is bought online, the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act, the ECT, takes preference over the CPA. And that act says that a consumer has a week, seven days in which to return something, regardless of whether it has a fault or not, for a full refund. If it's non-defective, if it's just a change of heart, as in this case I just described, the consumer has to send the goods back at their cost, which is fair enough. 
I made sure that I had my facts straight, uh, checked them out with the Consumer Goods and Services on board, said, yes, absolutely, the woman's entitled to a refund, took it up with the company. They ignored my media query and are still doing so <laughs> as I speak, but not for much longer. But the woman was contacted as a result of that email and told that they'd had a, a rethink and she would be getting her money back. Those sorts of issues um, cause a lot of problems with neither consumer nor retailer being 100% sure of what laws cover the situation and what the consumer is entitled to. At the risk of confusing the issue, there's another scenario in which a consumer can return a non-defective purchase for a refund, even if there's nothing wrong with it. And that is if the goods were bought as a result of direct marketing. So it's the face cream or the hair straightener you bought after someone stopped you walking by in a mall and invited you to sample their wares or the fridge you bought as a result of getting a flyer in your post box or the contract that you took out over the phone when you were called to do a so-called early upgrade. Anything that targets you directly and personally, so an SMS, a call to your landline or cell phone, emails, that sort of thing. If you change your mind, your mind about what you bought after getting such direct marketing, you have five business days, it's essentially a week, of a cooling off period in which to submit your cancellation in writing to the company and they have 15 business days to refund you in full. Never be bullied into giving a reason for your change of heart. The CPA doesn't require you to give any reason or excuse. You just get to change your mind and they are legally compelled to accept that. Again, as with goods bought online, the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act, the goods must be returned at your expense. And if they need to be repackaged in some way, the company can deduct a fee from your refund to cover it. Apart from goods bought online and goods bought as a result of direct marketing, if you buy goods in the traditional way from a store, and I think we're looking at more than, well, certainly online retail only doesn't even make up 2% of purchases in this country yet. So we're looking at the bulk of purchases. You do not have a cooling off period to change your mind and get a refund for your goods. You do not have the right of return at all if there's nothing wrong with a product um, that you've bought from a store in the traditional way where you initiated the transaction. So bear that in mind. Be very sure that it is what you want. And if you have any doubt Ask the store about their returns policy and don't just accept a yes, we will take it back. Ask them what their terms and conditions are and know that in most cases, almost all cases, you will not get a refund if you take back a change of heart purchase. You will have to settle for an exchange or some kind of credit voucher and that actually legally that is a favor uh, and not a denial of your consumer rights. So again, as always, knowledge is power. Know your rights around returns so that you don't get ripped off. You don't feel that you have to accept a repair for goods that go wrong within the first six months when in fact you're entitled to your money back. And conversely, you don't make a scene at the returns counter demanding your legal right to a refund when you're returning a set of tiles that's not quite the right colour for your bathroom when in fact you have no right of return at all. I hope you found this episode of Good to Know useful. My aim is to protect you from being ripped off. So if there are issues you'd like me to cover in more depth in future episodes, feel free to tweet me on at Wendy Nola. You won't want to miss my next podcast in this series, so be sure to subscribe on livepodcast.fm or in the podcast app of your choice. Please also rate and review the podcast. That way, listening communities know I'm here. 
livepodcasts.fm. Good to know. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Only on livepodcasts.fm will you find topics on issues you overlook as a consumer. Good to know.